thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been diving into a new series, and I say new series. We've been doing it for several episodes now, but you're going to have to go back and watch previous ones because no one episode contains the whole of what we're bringing in this series. And so you'll have to go back and watch. And the thing is, you say, how long are you going to be on these series? For a long time. <laughs> because there's so much to say. I'm, I'm teaching on something that Jesus said to me in 2018 when I was in St. Petersburg, Russia. He came and visited me in my hotel room and a book came out of that visitation called The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. And this is what he was talking to me about. And uh, just to make it clear, I'm not teaching on that everyone's going to have a double portion anointing because that's not the case. Mm -hmm. But um, we can all operate with greater skill under the anointing that abides within. Amen. Amen. There is an anointing that abides in every single believer. That anointing that abides within does not grow. It does not increase. Now, uh, our skill toward it grows to where we cooperate with it in a greater way and a greater measure of that can flow. There is a secondly, uh, an anointing that comes upon. And that is primarily for those set apart for the fivefold ministry. And Uh that anointing that comes upon is to help that minister be effective in ministering to others. Uh That anointing that comes upon is not for the minister himself. It's for him to minister to others. That anointing can be increased. That anointing that comes upon can be increased, but the anointing that abides within every believer is not increased yet. We can increase our skill at yielding to it. Amen. At drawing on it and giving it its place in our life. So this is one of the things that I think it's so important to teach the book, although specifically the book will help those to fivefold ministry, but generally it's going to help every believer simply because we need to be more skillful with that anointing that abides within. Amen. So Jesus talked to me about the things, listen, uh, and I don't mean to say he talked to me about everything connected to skill in this, but these are things that he spotlighted. And so this is, these are the things I want to spotlight. Um, I'm not going to read all that he said to me that night in this episode. We're, we're just, we're taking it in, in chunks. So we're taking it in portions um, as we're teaching it. The first section that we've already 
taught about, and it's in the previous episodes, he was basically dealing with about how we use our tongue, how we use our mouth. And I think it's interesting that that was the first and foremost thing he dealt with us about if we're to be effective with the anointing. We have to to be skillful in our words, skillful in our conversations, that we're not using our conversations wrongly, that we're not speaking wrongly. Amen. Because this affects the anointing that will flow directly. Yes. Amen. Um, so go back, watch previous episodes for that segment of teaching. But we were, again, now we were lit, we were on this section where it says, Jesus said to me that night, slowness to make changes I deal with you about is unacceptable. So notice this, just because we say, I'm sorry, I'm so slow on it. We accept that, but (laughs) we want him to be pleased, not just us to be pleased. That means this, when he's dealing with us, don't take time, long, 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 long time before you think he means it. Right? Right? He wants us to make changes. And he said to me, there is to be a prompt obedience Mm -hmm. to my correction, direction, and instruction. That slowness of change is a bad habit of of the flesh. Mm So notice this, we've all had to make changes and sometimes we don't make them as quick as we can. What do we know then? Our flesh is being too strong. Our spirit needs to be strengthened. Our spirit needs to be built up so because our flesh is pushing us around if we're being too slow to make changes. So he said, um, the slowness of change is a bad habit of the flesh. That can be broken. That bad habit can be broken through the power of the Spirit. So what's he saying? By yielding to the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit will build up your spirit so that your spirit, if I could say this, gains strength above your flesh. And your spirit dominates instead of your flesh because your spirit wants to make changes. The flesh doesn't want to make changes. And so he says that bad habit of the flesh can be broken through the power of the spirit. Walking in the spirit is a requirement and a must for that change to take place. So he's saying that when the spirit of God deals with you and your own spirit is prompting you towards changes for you to ignore that or override, that means you're not walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit means yielding to your spirit. And it means yielding to everything that is in your spirit. Now, walking in the spirit does not mean you're odd. Right. You know, some right. people try to, um, they're, they're trying to define what they think that means. But walking in the spirit is simply this. Everything that's in your spirit is leading you. What's in your spirit? What about the fruits of the spirit? Yes. Love, joy, yes. peace, temperance, goodness, meekness. All these fruits of the spirit mean they're taking the lead. Yes. Your flesh isn't taking the lead. Your, your mind isn't taking the lead. You're yielding to these divine forces, Amen. Amen. these fruits of the spirit. Not only that, there's faith in your spirit. Yes. Letting your faith rise up and take the lead over the mind, the reasonings of the mind. So walking in the spirit means your spirit's taking the lead in your life. Your mind isn't taking the lead and your flesh isn't taking the lead. God, God gave you your mind and your flesh, but not to lead your spirit. They're fine when they're kept in their proper place because they all come from God. Every feature of you that came from God is not bad, but it's wrong if it's out of place. Yes. 
God created you in his image and it's the spirit of man that is the feature that's like God. He's a spirit being, we're a spirit being. He intends that our spirit take the lead. Amen. Amen. So that's what he's talking about is that we have to walk in the spirit. What's that mean? Letting our spirit take the lead in our life uh, to make the changes that need to be made regarding our mind and our flesh. Now, Jesus went on and said to me this. He said, when Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing upon Elijah, Elijah told him he had asked a hard thing. Then Jesus went on and and explained to me what was meant by that. He said, it was not hard for God, but it would call for a hardness of Elisha toward his own mind and his own flesh. So he's saying this, if you want a double portion of the anointing, you're going to have to deal with your mind and body in a greater way. Amen. Amen. So um, he said it called for Elisha to have a hardness toward his mind and flesh. He could not be tolerant toward weakness of the mind and weakness of the flesh if he was to carry a double portion of the anointing. Now, this is speaking directly for ministers, but it's true for every believer. If you want to have a greater flow of that anointing that abides within you, then we cannot be tolerant toward wrong thinking and toward our flesh dominating us. Amen. Amen. So these truths carry over, not just to the minister, but to every believer. Although he was specifying specifically about the double portion anointing, it's true across the board. Amen. Amen. So he said to me, well, let me, let me make sure I don't go too far past this. I want to go back to when he said, because I I skipped over this and I want, I want to touch on it. When he talked about that we are to bring prompt obedience Why? That's a sign that our spirit's dominating us and not our flesh. How do we know which feature of us is dominating us? What you're obeying. Now, uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. Let's go there. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. And I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic Translation. It reads this way. He who heeds instruction, and that word heed means listens to, He who heeds instruction and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also is a way of life for others. Ah, isn't that interesting? That when you follow the instruction of the word, it will not only rescue your life, but you'll be able to be a blessing in helping others be rescued. So it, this is why it's important to God that we not leave things unaddressed because it doesn't just affect us. It affects others. He intends for us to bless. So again, reading that, he says, he who heeds instruction and correction. What's that mean? He, he made, he, he listened and he corrected things. You know, if we're, if we say we listened, but we didn't correct it, then we're not listening. You know, because God calls listening, obeying. (laughs) He who heeds instruction and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also is a way of life for others. He's an example. He's an example that can be followed. Then it goes on and says, and he who neglects or or refuses reproof, 
not only himself goes astray, but also causes to err and is a path toward ruin for others. Ah, so someone who won't make corrections, someone who won't make his course right based on how God is leading him, not only will he get off, but he'll, he'll take others off course with him. Wow, that's dangerous. Yes. That's dangerous. Yes. What you say, well, how can I take others off course? Are you a parent? Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's go on. Yeah. 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 Are you a parent? Because our children are the passengers in the vehicle of our life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wherever we drive our life, they're that's carried right. that way. Right. And so if we go off course, we automatically carry uh-huh. them in that direction with us. That's why we want to make correction to stay on course, stay on the right path. What about this? Are you a business owner? Do you work with someone? How they see you live will affect choices they make about what's offered them from God. What about this? In a previous episode, I was talking about the man who every week would invite my husband to, work, to, yes. to church with him. Before my husband was born again, he would invite him to church every week. Um, my husband declined him every week for a year and a half. <laughs> but one day my husband said yes. But why did my husband one day say yes? Evidently, there was something about this man's life he wanted. Yes. How this fellow worker was living was the only example my husband had of a Christian. And um, it affected my husband's choice. And my husband was in the ministry almost 50 years. So our example and corrections we make isn't just for our benefit, but it turns us into examples for others. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to look at this phrase in verse 17, the second half of it. It says, and he who neglects or refuses reproof. To neglect to do right is just as dangerous as refusing to do right. Now, see, he's, he, he, it, the Amplified singles out neglect or refuse. You would say, well, I would never refuse to make the change. But if we neglect to make the change... Maybe we say, I know I need to make that change, but we neglect to. We still arrive at the same place as the person who refused to make it. (laughs) Right? You might not have verbally said, I refuse to make that change, but just setting it aside is not as not important enough to implement. We arrive at the same place that the person who said, I refuse to do it. And it's dangerous. Amen. Because we don't intend to be neglectful, but the outcome affects us and affects others. Amen. Amen. Um, So then let's go on with what Jesus said when Elisha, he talked about when Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing upon Elijah, Elijah told him he had asked a hard thing. It wasn't hard for God to give him a double portion. It would be hard for Elisha not hard for him, but called for a hardness from him. Uh-huh. That's good. Oh, wow. yeah. Let me put it that way. Yeah. It called for him to be hard mm-hmm. upon himself, not permissive yeah. towards wrong thinking, mm-hmm. not permissive towards a flesh dominating him. Why did it call for a hardness that Elisha had to employ upon himself? Is because when you are when you're a carrier of the anointing, you become a target. Yeah. The yeah. enemy makes you a target. Yeah. 
every believer is targeted by the devil because they, there's an anointing that abides within them. But you have a man who has it within him and up on him and in a double portion. The devil hates the anointing because the anointing destroys the devil's yokes. So he tries to stop that anointing to preserve his own detrimental work. So he's going to target the man who walks under a a double portion anointing in a particular way. So what's this mean? Can a man walk under it? Sure. But what what that means, he has to have doors closed to the enemy. There can't be a door open to the enemy through his mind or through his flesh. Every door has to be closed. Amen. 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 So it calls for a hardness that Elisha had to have to not permit any wrong thinking. Yes not permit any flesh to dominate him. That meant he had to keep his spirit fortified and strong and fed and in the way of obedience. In the way of obedience. Well, we should all. Jesus wasn't saying this is something that's expected of just ministers. That is the way all of us are to conduct our lives. But he's saying these that are walking under the double portion, they have they don't have the same room no. to have things out of place. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. So um, how we handle our mind and our body will either accelerate or hinder our spiritual development. Right. So he's saying if somebody's wanting to have a greater anointing up on them, not talking about the anointing within, mm-hmm. but the anointing upon to be greater, they cannot be then their discipline toward their mind and body must be greater. Yes, yes, that's right. They, they can't handle themselves softly. No. Be permissive towards wrong thinking. Be permissive toward their body and think that they're going to be qualified to walk under a greater anointing. Not going to work. Not going to work. So how we handle our mind and body will either accelerate or hinder our spiritual development. It will either qualify us or disqualify us. Yeah. The devil can't disqualify us. Oh, that's right. That's true. How we handle our mind and flesh yeah. yes. will determine what we're able to walk under. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we are a spirit, you know yes. this, we are a threefold being. Yes. Yes. We're not three parts, we're threefold. Yes. We're threefold being. We're not part spirit. We're all spirit. Right. Yes. But we're all flesh, all, all, all body. We have a total. We have a complete spirit. We have a complete mind and we have a complete body. We don't just have a part of a spirit, a part of a mind or a part of a body. So the correct way to say it is threefold, not three part. Uh, threefold being. Um, we are a spirit. We have a soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live in a body, yes. right? Yes. Um, when a man's spirit is right toward God, he wants God's will. Yes. Yes. He wants what God wants. Yes. He wants God's plan for his life. But the body wants its own thing. Right. Yes. The body will want to do wrong. The right. body is in opposition to what the spirit wants. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, if I could say this, the spirit of man wants the will of God. The body wants its own, its own way. Uh, yeah. So they're in opposition to one another. Uh-huh. 
So the only feature of man that is left is the mind. The mind that thinks right. You say, what is a mind that thinks thinks right? It's a mind that's renewed with the word. It has taken on God's way of thinking. A mind that is renewed, a mind that thinks right, a mind that is sound will side in with the spirit. So now you have the spirit and the mind here siding in together. The flesh is over here. Which one wins? The side that has two, the spirit and the mind. But if people do not think right, if people do not renew their minds with the word, then their mind will side in with their body. Because the mind is the only feature of man that can go back and forth between the two. And if a mind is not renewed, it will side in with the flesh yeah. and they, the, the, spirit, the mind and the flesh will hold the spirit in captivity. Yeah. Yes. The spirit wants to express itself, yeah. wants to do right, but it's not strong enough because right. it's outpowered by these two, That's the good. mind and the flesh That's that are against help. it. So uh, to, to be right toward, our, toward God, we have to renew our minds so that our mind will side in with our spirit. Yes. And then our, the will of God will get carried out. Yes. When the mind sides in with the spirit, the spirit wants the will of God. Yes. And it will side in with the spirit and the will of God will get carried out. Yes. But if our mind is weakened, excuse me, if our spirit is weakened by the mind siding in with the flesh, then the flesh gets its way. And the flesh takes our life off course. Why? It's not empowered to lead. It's not qualified to lead. It's not qualified. God did not empower the flesh to be the lead. He did not ordain the flesh lead us. So uh, the the variable is the mind, how we think. Mm -hmm. And this is what God was saying. Elisha asked for a double portion anointing, then he cannot have a a mind that would side him with his flesh. He cannot. Why? Because the devil's going to make him a target. Mm -hmm. And to keep the door closed to the devil, his mind has to think right. What's that mean? It's got to be renewed with the word. Listen, right thinking closes the door to the devil. Wrong thinking opens the door to the devil. What's right thinking? Thinking like God thinks having the standard of the word. What's wrong thinking? Thinking like the flesh, thinking like the world, thinking in opposition to the word. So um, we have to educate the mind and the spirit. Amen. Amen. And that will cause us to have a, a, a spirit that is in dominion over that flesh. So that you say, your, my flesh is not taking my life off course. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. is not. Yeah. It is not. Yeah. Uh, God did something with our spirit. Yes. He gave us a new one. Yes. Amen. God gave us a brand new spirit. We don't have to give ourselves a new spirit. He gave us a new spirit. Now we do have to educate that spirit. But God gave us a new spirit. Now we have the mind and the body left. It's up to us to do something with the mind and the body. And how can we do something with the mind and the body with that new spirit God gave us? Right. We keep our, our mind and, and body in dominion or in authority under, mm-hmm. no, no, I said that wrong, uh, subject to mm-hmm. our spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That mind and body are to be held subject to 
our spirits, so our spirits in authority. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26 says this. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says this. A new heart also will I give you. He's talking about us, new creatures in Christ. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you an heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Amen. Amen. So now he's given us the spirit, uh, a spirit that can safely be a guide, safely take the lead over our mind and body. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 12 and verse one tells us what to do with our body. Remember, God did something with our spirit. He gave us a new one. Mm -hmm. But we're told in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. See, God's not going to present our bodies. We present our bodies. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So this passage instructs us that we're to do something with our body. We're to rule over our body and our body not rule over us. We are the master over our body. Otherwise, we couldn't present it to God. He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. We're to present it to God. What's that mean? Present it to doing what he tells us to do. What's that? I don't, you know, we might not understand that phrase, present it to God. Don't present it to sin. Don't offer it to sin to do wrong. Present it to God to fulfill his plan. Amen. We're to we're say, Father, my body is to is is to is to be carrying out your will. Yes. So my spirit directs my body in line with your will. My body doesn't direct me. My body serves your plan. It does not abort your plan in my life. It serves your plan. I present it to you. I'll no longer present it to bad habits. I won't present it to addictions. I won't present it to sin. I won't allow my body to cooperate with these things. I won't yield to these things in my body. So when the body wants to do wrong, because everybody's body does want to do wrong at some point, you say, no, you don't. You're not ruining my life. I will not. I am free from that habit. I'm free from that addiction. Why? Because he whom the son sets free is free. And even though you may feel the want to or the desire in the flesh, talk to your body and say, you are free from that in Jesus name. And you will not lead me into that in Jesus name. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of my book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. There's so much to say. We want to get it into your hands. You can go to our website at JesusTheHealer.org and purchase your copy there, and we'll get it right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing, Nancy Dufresne gives clarity on how we are to walk successfully in this era. It instructs those in the ministry, but also brings instruction to every believer in helping them to fulfill the will of God for their lives. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. 
Come join us for our Jesus the Healer Crusade in Fresno, California at Elite Event Venue, located at 4105 West Fig Garden Drive, Fresno, California, 93722. The dates are March 25th through the 29th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.